You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podcast. 25 yard line off the fake to Goldman. Jones pass is caught by Evan Ingram, still going down the sideline. Evan Ingram will take this all the way. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me, as always, is Mike, the Cranky Fan. Grump, today we're recording this on a Thursday. It is 6.16 p.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. We are about five hours away from my favorite holiday of the year, Yankee Elimination Day. So if you're hearing this in your feed on Friday morning and the Yankees won, we're going to a game five, I will sound like a jackass, but if not... I'm calling my shot. This series is over tonight. I, I should introduce you from now on. With me, as always, is Mike the Cranky Fan with the baseball news. Yeah, just, <laughs> just going forward, I think that's what I'm going to have to do. Well, let's just say I'm in a little better mood tonight than I was when we recorded on Monday night. I was pretty pissed. I, you may I have noticed. I think that is evident at this point. One minute <laughs> into this episode. And I think I probably fell asleep about 3 o'clock in the morning after that, but... Uh, the week has we, been we progressively better. recording that at like 12.45? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, we do a lot of show prep and a lot of producing. Basically, as soon as the baseball game is over, Grump texted me, you want to do this tonight or I'll let you do it tomorrow? I'm like, no, I need to speak to somebody. Let's just do it. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I, yeah, very If I know your exciting. wife, I know that she was glad that you talked to me first after that game and not her. Old SF Mad is very grateful we have this podcast because <laughs> she does not have to hear me spouting off every Sunday about how bad this football team is. She's glad there's an outlet. So for all of you Giant fans, thank you for being our outlet to spew out our emotions. And to all you Yankee fans out there, I do love you. You are Giant fans, but tonight you're going down. Yeah, it's, it's just a different context. Um <laughs> and you know, even even when we go back and forth like, with Giants related stuff, like we all have the same objective. Like we all just want this team to be good. We just disagree yeah. on the finer things that get us there. That's all, and that's fine. And that's why I have yet to block a single person on Twitter, and I won't, um, because you guys are all Giants fans. In any yes. case, the Giants, as you all know, as Giants fans, are traveling to Arlington, Texas. For a 4:25 game at AT&T Stadium, I am always going to refer to it as Arlington because, having been there, it sucks, and it's quite simply not Dallas. <laughs> if I have to hear about how the Giants play in a swamp in Jersey every time Philadelphia comes to town, then Dallas fans can l- listen to me complain about how it's in Arlington and there's no fucking public transportation. Yeah, and it's it's a great stadium in the middle of fucking nowhere, and you know, I'm gonna throw it right back. They play in a parking lot in between a baseball field and a Walmart. That's basically it. It really is. And you know what? No aerial shot on TV really captures what that's like. I mean, when I went there, you park in a fucking field because there's only a parking lot big enough for, like, your prime season ticket holders there. Everyone Mm -hmm. else parks in, like, a field or they park in surrounding business parking lots. And you hoof it, man. You walk through bullshit and fields and – um. And then, like, suddenly you're at a stadium. Yeah, I have to be honest, is 
my one of my least favorite places because I have had a lot of in-person failures there. I have been there for the Gators losing in the Final Four in basketball. I've been there to see the Gators lose to Michigan in a uh, a Week One uh, you know kickoff game. I've seen the Giants lose to. The Cowboys on a Monday night opener, I think it was five years ago or so. So yeah, I've had yeah. I've had no success in that awful building. And fortunately for the Giants, I will not be there this week. So we have a shot at winning. Yeah, in all honesty, it's a nice stadium, but good riddance. Getting there is such a pain in the ass. I, I, I really I recommend that if you're a Giants fan that likes to see other places, it's a stadium worth going to, but be prepared for it to be a shit trip. I mean, just in general, like the stadium itself is nice, and that experience is pretty okay. Um, but you know, getting there, you're driving, man, and everybody's got to take the same fucking road out of there. So getting out is awful. You, I'm sure you're not staying in Arlington, so then you got another what is it like 45 minute drive to Dallas? It's not really that close. Yeah, I stayed across the street. There's a courtyard by Marriott. Free plug for you know, but yeah, but um. It's not, I think it's overrated, personally. I mean, it's big. The stadium itself mm-hmm. is nice. It's it's a little strange. Eh. Uh, you're in the stadium, but it kind of feels like you're outside because you can't even see the field. You're, I mean, at, at ground level. Like, you walk in and you go through gates, and then you're just kind of meandering this big, empty... Not not empty, but, like, this big open space. And you can't even it's... see the field, and then you have to, like, go to, like, where your seats are, and then there's the field. Like, it's it's really kind of weird. Yeah, the the trend for modern stadiums is now is the court the uh, concourses have views of the field, and this is you kind of go down into like a, a hallway, like a enclosed hallway before you get to any concessions. Right. I mean, it's, it, weird. it's just not. You know, when you fly in, it looks like a futuristic spaceship as you're coming into the Dallas skyline area, and uh, it it doesn't have. It's so big, and it's not really that warm and inviting inside it's very cold very concrete it's kind of like the new yankee stadium a little bit you know if you've been to minneapolis the minnesota to their new stadium that feels like it has a feel to it it feels you know it's new and has all the bells and whistles but it feels like it's you know wearing like an old pair of pants this is like wearing a hazmat suit and uh i don't know and also the other thing too is the unspoken thing is there are when a game I went to five years ago, I would say there was twenty to twenty five percent giant fans there. I mean, it's a tourist attraction, and it, the place is so big. You know, there are a lot of giant fans there. You know, we bitch all the time that it, it met life. There's a lot of Eagle fans and Cowboy fans, and you know, Steeler fans come in, but there are a lot of giant fans in there. So it it goes both ways. Yeah, I think when you have a tourist attraction kind of stadium like that, you're you're bound to just get the traveling fans. Giants fans travel pretty well anyway, um, as far as uh, they know, do national teams go. Um, I I can't really remember what the percentages felt like when I was there, but I don't know. I don't remember being outrageous like I felt. This, quarter, yeah, this was quarter, a yeah. this was a week one. This is that first Sunday night game. So was mine. Uh, so- Oh, okay. So yeah, I guess I guess everybody's experienced since since we always see them play there in week one. This is shocking that this isn't. Yeah, yeah. Actually, week five, and you know, good thing. You know, we we had speculated that you know maybe COVID had something to do with that in case they had to shave off a couple weeks of the season. They pushed some division games back. Regardless of the reason, that's where the Giants are at four twenty five on Sunday, and um, 
you know, the Cowboys, I guess, unexpectedly, are one and three. You know, uh, currently in second place in the division behind the Eagles, right? Well, uh, I mean, it's it's a little surprising, but not shocking. I mean, a lot of the reasons we said about why we thought the Giants might struggle are the same things as the Cowboys. You know, you're dealing with a whole new coaching staff. You know, they had Jason Garrett was there for, you know, it seems like since Roger Staubach, but no, he's he's gone. So you again have a new, you know, new coach, new coaching staff, new systems. It takes a little bit, you know, and they are struggling mightily with Mike Nolan's defense right now, mightily, and that's been that's been the biggest cause of their their issues to this point. Yeah, it's, it's kind of the exact opposite of the Giants' problem, where you know our defense seems to have picked up the new system with Patrick Graham pretty quickly. But our offense is struggling to pick up Jason Garrett's. Dallas's offense, I, I think there's a despite the fact that Mike McCarthy is coming over with a lot of his own offensive ideas, he's kept Kellen Moore there to, you know, call the plays allegedly. You know, every time I see a sideline shot of Mike McCarthy, he's got a play sheet up to his face and it's covering his mouth while he talks. So I, I don't know how much of that to believe. But allegedly, Kellen Moore is still calling the plays and designing the offense or whatever. And Mike McCarthy supposedly came in with all these notes about what was wrong with what he did in Green Bay and how to make it better. And that's supposedly what landed him the job. Again, I'm not really seeing a whole lot of that. But if Kellen Moore does have a big hand in this offense, then it makes sense that the offense is ahead of the defense at this time for them. Yeah, and again, it's week four of a season with no offseason. So it's, you know... Things that are surprising or not surprising, I mean, that's for the talking heads and that's for the uh, the hot take shows. I mean, I take everything I see, even to this point and probably much further on to the season, with that grain of salt, that you know, change and rapid improvement. You know, It's not going to happen this year, the rapid improvement. It's going to take time for these teams to gel and figure things out, some easier than others. The fact, the fact that they're one in three and they're still, you know, the favorite to win the division. That's, that's pretty interesting. Well, I don't know how Vegas is even operating right now. I mean, really across the league, you look around and there's a lot of, ah, you know what I mean? There's not a whole lot of like, of course. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I think with the exception of Kansas city, a lot, like who, who expected at this point to have Bill O'Brien fired and Houston to be and four. I'm very honestly surprised that, any coach got fired. I think I, 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 again, I had a discussion with some people about the jets and are they going to fire Adam Gates? And I'm like, absolutely not. You know, as bad as they look right now, you know, I think these coaches have a very valid argument to make that I was not able to properly prepare for this season. And I'm, we're, we're making the most of a bad situation. So I thought, you know, I thought there might be some changes in the offseason, but not as many coaching changes as you would think. I am shocked anything happened you know, this early in the regular season. Yeah. I mean, we can go down a whole rabbit hole about what's wrong with Bill O'Brien, but we'll leave that for whatever Texans podcast is out there for them, them <laughs> miserable folks right now. Uh, as for us, we are just cheery also at 0-4. Um, a, a big part of why I think Dallas is where they are right now, other than the offseason issues that are going to plague any team with a new head coach, is their strength is just decimated right now with injuries. I mean, just totally decimated. Um, You look at 
what Dallas does and how they've been successful for the last five plus years, I guess. And you can credit almost all of that to their offensive line. Um, Tyron Smith is the the left tackle you would build in a factory if you were able to. Um, <laughs> Zach Martin is a stud right guard, you know. But right now, they are just totally trashed in this position. You know, Travis Frederick had retired early. He he had, I believe, bouts with cancer. Yeah, I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Um, Right guard Zach Martin is still a staple. Connor Williams at left guard, a, a former left tackle at University of Texas, has shifted inward and has done okay. But outside of that, you know, right tackle, they've never really solidified. Lyle Collins is on IR. Cameron Irving is on IR. Um, and now Tyron Smith played his first game last week with, with a neck injury and has not practiced since. He's very unlikely to play on Sunday. He might be out the rest of the season, I was just reading, as of one hour before the, this recording, as he's seeking additional opinions about his his neck injury Oof. that is you know lingering on and on from, I think, a year ago. Um, and what that does is it puts a lot of pressure on that tackle spot. That all-important tackle spot now is being manned by uh, somebody named Brandon Knight that I guarantee you most of you have never heard of before. And then another person that I also believe you guys have never heard of before named Terrence Steele. Those are your tackles for the Dallas Cowboys right now. And I think you can attribute that Dallas's struggles, some of them, to that. Um, you know, I know the defense is an issue and we'll, we'll get to that, but their core strength is now just completely depleted and is down to two strong guys at, at each guard position, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, but they're still scoring a ton of points. So, I mean, I mean, it kind of it kind of changes the way they're playing the game, but they're still getting a lot of production. I mean, they're they're scoring lots of points in fourth quarters to come back from deficits and everything. The problem is they just, you know, they can't they can't stop anybody. So they're getting into these these shootouts. Right. Uh, so, I mean, you can look back, and Seattle doesn't really have a good defense that they they've had in the past um, and that's you know partly to blame for uh, Dallas scoring a bunch of points in, in a last second loss um, two weeks ago and then last week against the Browns I mean we can say that they scored a ton of points the Browns were up by so much and if you watch that game you know that they just completely took their foot off the gas I mean they, it, it, with seven minutes left in the third quarter they're just running the ball they just didn't care anymore and, you know, Dallas, from that point on, was able to put up points just dinking and dunking down the field. Nothing really methodical about it. Just, you know, a little bit here and there. Just a couple routes and, you know, just a lot of prevent defense. They're doing very little with blitzing. Um, and uh, Dallas was able to bring that one back. And, uh, you know, again, they, they shit the bed <laughs> when they had, a, they, they had a real chance to come back and win that game. They let... Beckham take a handoff 20 yards downfield and uh, bring it 50 yards for a touchdown. So their defense is not... Their their offense is somehow no longer able to make up for having a defense that hasn't caught up to its coach yet. Or or whatever the reason may be. I mean, this is not a defense that we've bragged about talent-wise for a couple of years now. That's correct, yes. So... 
That said, um, going into this week, the injuries to watch. Obviously, Tyron Smith is going to be the big one, but at this point, it's very doubtful that he's going to play. He has not practiced yet. He only played, I believe, week three this year, uh, week four this year, um, and it, it's looking like he is not going to play rest of the year potentially uh you know looney is still out at center so you have rookie tyler biotish in there um and then dorance armstrong and tyrone crawford are have been limited so far this week on the flip side the giants are um looking a little bit better um in that uh jabril peppers has started practicing this week he's still recovering with an ankle injury remains to be seen if he's going to play but has practiced in a limited fashion wednesday and thursday uh, Adrian Colbert continues to be limited Wednesday and Thursday, though he played last week. I think this is a different injury, though. I think this is a neck injury. Um, and Kyler Fackrell also limited this week. Um, the big one is O'Shane Ziminis left the game last week and did not practice yet this week uh, with a shoulder injury. So that said, I would say the injuries to the Giants team are less impactful. You know, they're all on the defensive side. Um Oh yes, and uh, and Saquon like, Barkley, <laughs> and Saquon Barkley also. Of, of I mean, course. And, yeah. and Sterling Shepard, right? <laughs> Barkley and Shepard are are not going to play, as as you guys all know. Yes, um, but those are significant injuries that change the absolutely. complexion of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, those are those are prior injuries going. Um, yeah, yes, correct. Um, that th- those are not a surprise for Dallas fans at this point. Um, but. Uh, I think that there is some opportunity here. Uh, again, it's going to take a colossal effort from this offense to do something. But just some things to watch here. Um, so last week, uh, Terrence Steele made the right tackle position for the Cowboys while Tyron Smith played left tackle. And he was so incredibly abused by Miles Garrett that they pulled him. Um, <laughs> and I, I know that the Giants, b- before anybody says anything, I know the Giants don't have a Miles Garrett-type pass rusher on this team. I get that, and I understand that. But w- what I'm saying, A, is they don't have the opportunity to pull him for Brandon Knight now because now Brandon Knight is going to have to man that left tackle spot. So we don't need to get the, I think it was after only three possessions they pulled him, and he had like two sacks and a fumble, a forced fumble. Um, you know... We don't need all that compressed into one quarter. Just constant pressure on that side. It's a weakness that can be exploited. Um, and for that matter, Brandon Knight, while he was able to hold up for the rest of the game at right tackle, you know, it's not really the same when both of your tackles are backup quality. You know, Giants fans should know because we've been operating like that for the last couple of years. Um, so that is definitely going to be something to watch. I'm interested to see, particularly Steele, because he looked a lot worse than Brennan Knight, what Patrick Graham has in store for attacking that right side of the line, whether it's Lorenzo Carter or Kyler Fackerel or Marcus Golden. You know, the Giants are uh, at least blessed in depth there, a, a strong rotation at edge. This is a game, to me, Grump, where, you know, you have a lot of narratives. We we talked about the narrative of how the Cowboys have, you know, they can't stop any on defense. That there's, you know, they have offensive line problems. How the Giants, because they didn't look god awful last week, you know, the bar is raised for expectations. This is, to me, it's just lining up for a game where people. I wouldn't be surprised if people are like, "This is the game the Giants can go in there and steal a win." 
I think it's a complete trap. Uh, you know, while we're seeing some green shoots from the Giants, you know, starting to get a little bit of a running game, starting to get a little bit of a pass rush, you know, not giving up as many big plays or stuff, I still don't think they're in the same league as Dallas. And, you know, some talking head is going to pick the Cowboys to go in there and upset them this week. But I, I just feel the overall talent level on both teams is still pretty significant. I mean, this Dallas team is probably still going to win this division. Granted, it's not a very good division, but I think they'll get you know, their ship righted before too long. And I think they're going to run away with this division. Um, and I just think what we saw last week from us, a little improvements, I think people are going to take way too far and be severely disappointed. I know we're ready to do our, our picks right now. I have this as a loss in pen. Um, yeah, I, I I think I agree with you. I, one of the things that seems to be Dallas's problem every year, and I don't know if this was, I know it wasn't a Garrett problem because it was a problem under Wade Phillips before him. You know, I don't know if it's just a Dallas thing or if it's a Jerry Jones thing or or just the type of people that end up playing there. But there just always seems to be a morale and confidence issue. I mean, when the time when the team is hot, they're hot, and when they're cold, they are, man are they cold. I mean, they're bad when they're bad. Um, and and it has nothing to do with talent. It's just when they're losing, they just lose hard, it seems. You know, the, the team is all the talent in the world to win this division for years in a row now um, and just hasn't. And even when they do, they go into the playoffs and get spanked. Um, I, I don't really know what it is. But, I mean, again, you look at 2016 when they have, like, two losses that year. It really... When they're hot, they're hot, and it still doesn't matter. So I just think it's a confidence problem, and this could be a game for them where all of a sudden they find their swagger back. You know, yeah. we come in there, and you know they're after a brutal, brutal loss to Cleveland at home, and then they just come in and beat the shit out of us. I mean, really, it's yeah. completely yeah. plausible. Yeah, I mean, somebody, you know two jerks on the uh, just Cowboys podcast right now are probably looking over and saying they're playing the giants and probably thinking that this is a, you know, a, a welcome team to play at this time right now to get their ship righted. And I think that's uh, I think that's pretty accurate. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if this is necessarily a bad team as opposed to a team that's just losing. I mean, mm, yeah, exactly. Good, oh, definitely good, not a bad team. Yeah, good teams lose, and good sometimes good teams lose twice in a row. That doesn't mean that they are worse than we thought two weeks ago. They just lose. And I think, you know, we've seen teams over the last 10, 20 years, especially on defense, look god-awful in the first quarter of the season and then get to themselves to a competent place as you, you move along. And I think that this, you know, there is talent on this team. Uh, you said, you know, they always seem to get a t- particular – type of player. I mean, they, it seems like a team always has a bunch of mercenaries on here that they're not all Cowboys or a collection of talent. That's kind of fantasy football, you know, yeah, placed together. It does feel like that. So, uh, but I think that starts for a rough start to seasons. I think is teams have to gel and go back to our standard. This year is unlike any other year. It's going to take longer for teams to gel. Um, Hopefully, they still have their issues in the gelling for another week, and we can keep this game competitive. And if this game stays close, you know, the shorter this game can be, the better chance we have to win. If uh, we fall behind early or something, and you know, this could get ugly. 
but I, I, I just don't think we're there yet to, you know, to exploit the problems they're having and, and be consistent ourselves on offense or anything, you know, to, uh, to really to take it very seriously to win. So I, I just think this is a loss in Ben. Well, let's be super clear here. I, I think the Cowboys are the best shot to win this division. I think they are the most well-rounded and um, probably at this point, probably at this point, best coached. Even if I don't like this coach, um, you know, you have a very experienced head coach who has won before. He's kept some put things in place on offense. Um, you know. I think that they're the most prepared to win, and I think that overall talent, it's not even close. I think they're the best team. With Philadelphia, maybe probably the closest behind, um, but still not really close. And Philly's got so many injuries now. We talked about the injuries to Dallas. Philly is just a a walking mess unit now. So, you know, the the 46-man roster that they would like to have and the starting 22 they like to have, are significantly different than you know what's going on right now. Yeah. So, what's your prediction? I've got this one as a loss, also. Um, for reference, way back in June, July, whenever the hell we did this, uh, our way too early predictions, you had this as a surprise win in pencil. Um, I, on the other hand, had this as a loss in pen, um, and I just felt like. What's interesting is this was one of those games where I look at the talent on this Dallas team, and though they are now uh, very hurt on the offensive line, I look at their weaponry here. You know, Prescott is a capable quarterback who can also move things with his legs and extend plays with his legs when things aren't there immediately. You know, Elliott is a top three running back in the game, and then you just look at the level of talent they have at the wide receiver position with Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb and Noah Brown and Cedric Wilson. You know, it's it's a and I was really worried about how this defense was going to handle that. That was my initial prediction. Now I'm a little bit less worried about that, especially with the injuries to the offensive line, but I don't know I'm trying to come up with a way that the Giants can win, even against this bad defense, right? And all I can come up with is forget the Cowboys entirely. Come up with a game plan, a couple of plays, and fucking run them. Execute plays. All we're seeing right now from the Giants are are just players missing blocks. You know, everybody's in the wrong spot. Daniel Jones has to fucking improvise. And then, you know, his internal clock is all sorts of garbage. and He's getting hit in the pocket. Everything is going wrong on offense. I, I You know, they, they must come in there with some set number of plays and just be able to run those plays. <laughs> and maybe they'll have a shot. Because... You know, right now, I don't know what the strength of this offense is. I don't know, is it Daniel Jones's arms? Is it his legs? Is it our running game? Is it our run blocking? Is it quick slants? Is it deep shots? I have no idea what this offense does well because they haven't done anything well yet. Well, so, I, I'd say the, the best thing I've seen from this giant offense this year is Daniel Jones' ability to move around the pocket and run and get yards. But that's not an offense. And this, and he is not... Uh, Fred you know, Tarkenton. Yeah. He's like Michael Vick. He's not a guy or not a Cam Newton where you're going to base your offense around that. And it's just, you know, his ability to kind of improvise out of the pocket and to run and get yards where there's yards to be got. That's the best thing we do. Uh, To me, Grump, this is very simple. They have so many weapons and our, you know, our defense, while a little bit improving, 
there's enough concerns back there that all the Cowboys need to do is hit three big plays. This game's over. I don't think this offense can get into a shootout with them, even with the problems the Cowboys have had on defense. And to me, you know, if their offensive line is struggling, you might see, uh, you know, Yards per play might be pretty low. You might see getting the Cowboys in a lot of second and third and longs. You might see more punts than normal. But there's too much skill position talent on this team that I can't trust this defense to stop them three times from having long plays of busted coverage or you know, bad position and boom, Mari Cooper's it's a touchdown or something like that. And well, it's exactly what we saw last week. It's exactly what we saw last week. Pretty much. You you had a 10-9 game where one final busted coverage for Cooper Cup put him up 17-9. Otherwise, we were in position to kick a field goal. I mean, obviously, everything changes. You know, your defensive game plan changes if you're the Rams if you don't score that touchdown. But they were able to move the ball into field goal range to win that game had there not been one busted play. And you're right. This defense isn't talented enough. Uh, and that was a busted play. That wasn't like you know. Yeah, it was a busted coverage. But I mean, the the the, the, web, the, 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 the skill level of these skill guys in the Cowboys is really good, and that's where I'm afraid of that. It, it doesn't have to be just necessarily a busted coverage. It could be just this guy's better than this guy. One play. Yeah. I mean, even if it's kept close, that one big play will ruin the game. I mean, I think at this point, you have to. I think if you're any team in this league, you have to win by enough for one play that just doesn't go your way or one referee call that doesn't go your way. Otherwise, you are at risk of losing a game. You have to score enough to account for that one play that might fuck you. It's like baseball. When we get to the playoffs, you want to be in a position where one swing could be behind. You know, If you have a three-run lead, don't put somebody, uh, two guys on base for one pitch and it's tied. You don't want to be in that position and, you know, you know, the, the Giants might do a better job of, you know, like last week you said, perfect example where, you know, that one big play is any point and it's going to happen. And with this team, you know, again, we have very different opinions on Dak Prescott, but he has enough p- skill around him where. Uh, he has you know, enough skill to, to, to make a play like that. Absolutely. He does. And, and he has the talent around him to do it. Um he still and but here's the thing uh, defensively you know I, I don't want to harp too much on this but you know getting that pressure on him if the one on one coverages can hold up long enough for pressure to get to him and they have that chance now with those two tackles out um or or you know backup tackles playing uh Dak Prescott's accuracy really wavers when he's under pressure i mean all you have to do is watch the the game film and you'll see when he's in the pocket he'll deliver strikes when he's in trouble he can really miss guys. I mean, he had like he had one interception in that game against Cleveland, and it came at the closing seconds of the game. But he threw several very near picks, and it's because Cleveland was in his fucking face all day. So, I mean, that really is the thing. I mean, that's you know that's what separates the Aaron Rodgers from the Dak Prescotts. Um, and, and I think that's kind of our differing opinion of Prescott. Really, I, I exaggerate it because he's a cowboy. But if he were a uh, Tennessee Titan, I think I would be a little bit more honest. About yeah. I think also, too, you know, I think the way the Dallas offense is set up and even how Des- Prescott is, is the more attempts they have, the better chance they're going to lose. I mean, their offense works best if he's throwing the ball, you know, 25 to 30 times, not 50 times. I mean, there are there have been some games where he's had to throw it a million times and, you know, sometimes it works out. But 
that's not their game plan, and that's not their offense, and that's not Doc Prescott. So, you know, can we can we do our best to shut down the running game enough to make him put the ball in the air more? I don't know if we can do that. I don't think so. And that's why I have this as a close game, um, but still a loss. I have this. I I have this as twenty to sixteen Dallas with the win. And again, you'll notice I, I only have the Giants scoring one touchdown here and then just a bunch of field goals. Until I see anything from this offense, I don't care who's injured. I don't care what the rankings are nationally for the team that they're playing, the defense that they're playing. None of that matters to me until I can see some level of gamesmanship from this offense. Last week was a very slight glimmer um, of a dead last NFL offense. Yeah, I, exactly. I mean, our standard is so low right now and the bar is so low that, you know, just to be a below average offense, we were kind of excited and, you know, having stiffies about maybe beating Dallas and Dallas. It, you know, let's put it in perspective. This still has a long, long way to go. Where do you think this game ends score wise? I think we're going to lose this game something like 30 to 17. But I think that last Dallas touchdown will come kind of late. It'll be kind of close for a while, but I think we run out of gas. Yeah, we run out of gas in the fourth quarter, and the score looks worse than it actually is. Okie dokie. And with that, we'll whip around the league. We only have two games to look at. Los Angeles is traveling to Washington. What's your take there? Uh, Dwayne Haskins was benched. (laughs) Yes, for Kyle Allen. Uh, that's all I need to say. This will be a uh, LA in pen. Yeah, uh, I agree. You know, even if even if Haskins were playing, I'd say that. But you know, I don't know what the nature is of the Haskins bench benching. If it's strictly for play, that's really shitty. Um, you know, this is a guy that's not getting a fair shake. If there's something behind the scenes that we don't know about, then that is what it is. Um, either way, you know, I guess at least Kyle Allen is getting all the reps this week. Um, so he'll be at least pre- pre- prepared to play this game. Either way, I, I think McVay rips into his team for his performance against the Giants. And, um, you know, they come out and they just beat the hell out of Washington. Um, Philadelphia travels to Pittsburgh. What's your take there? Uh, Philly is still really, really banged up. Um they played a pretty equally banged up San Francisco last week. I don't think that's going to help them this week at all. I, I'll put Pittsburgh in a pen. This one was hard for me. I, I you know, Eventually, I think Philly's going to get it together, but their injuries are really just... I, I, I don't know. It's, it's not going to be this week. No, I don't think I don't think it's going to be this week. I, I think Pittsburgh's yeah. got this one, but you know, just because I, I'm now penciling in Pittsburgh and it's 4-0, I still stand by what I think is that you know, Ben Roethlisberger might be in the last two years of his career. Um, you know, they didn't really look all that inspiring week one against us, and that's understandable. But, you know, we're now inching up on week five, and they still don't look that inspiring to me. Um, I'm not really sure where this Pittsburgh team is headed, but um, nevertheless, I, I don't think Philly goes in there and dethrones those them. are Those are decisions for Pittsburgh in one to two years from now. I mean, right now, this – this wonky year, the best thing you could do for, as a football team is accumulate wins and get in the playoffs. And then, you know, who knows in a month from now, or who knows in December, January, 
what team might limp into the playoffs but not have half their team because of COVID. We, we don't know. It's just the best thing you can do as a football team right now is just win your games and not worry about next week, next month, anything. And they're, they're, and they're doing that. They're, they're accumulating wins. I mean, there's a few teams around the league right now that are just, they're just winning. And you just got to get in and, and see what happens. This is not going to be a year where home field advance is going to mean that much in the playoffs. You know, you're not going to be going into a hellhole like Seattle or Green Bay where, you know, it's you against the world. You just got to get in. So, And hopefully the Giants get in on the win column this week. Uh, we will be we, – we'll have the episode for you post-game uh, Tuesday morning. Um I personally will be gone this weekend. I'll be watching uh, on vacation in Vermont. So, you know, my poor girlfriend. That's all I can say. <laughs> I will be here in the New York area. I'll be celebrating the Rays' victory over the Yankees in the uh, ALDS tonight. I'll be watching my Florida Gators on Saturday beat an overrated Texas A&M team. And then I will be on my couch suffering with all of my fellow giant fans for the, the Cowboy game on Sunday. So a lot, the good, the bad, and the ugly this weekend. And as always, that Tuesday morning episode can be found on Spotify, Google play and SoundCloud and everywhere else for that matter. And we will be active on Twitter throughout the weekend with all sorts of sports stuff. If, if you are a Yankee fan, I recommend muting the cranky fan for, uh, at least Probably the weekend until Sunday. No, I, I would say until after tonight because to me, you know, a lot of Rays fans have an inferiority complex about the Yankees and the Red Sox. They whine and they bitch. And to them, the end all be all to them is to beat the Yankees or the Red Sox. And I look at it this way. It's very simple. The goal of the regular season is to win the World Series. The Yankees are a team we dominated the regular season. We win tonight. We would have beat them and four, you know, four, four games in a best of five, I expect to beat them. I'll be happy I won, but I have bigger fish to fry and as to win the first World Series in this team's history. So I will not be one of those guys. I'm just ready to move on. And that's my stance. Yeah. And you can find him on Twitter at the cranky fan, And you can find me on Twitter at football underscore grump. And the show itself is at Just Giants Pod. So we will see you Tuesday morning. Hope you guys have a good weekend and go Giants. Go Giants.